0: Is your classic metal show right here on theclassicmetalshow.com. That was Firewind, brand new stuff from the uh, self-titled new release. Also Firewind, that one was called Rising Fire and Up from the Ashes. Right now, Rising from the Fire once again is the legendary guitarist himself, the monster player of Firewind and about a dozen other bands that you've heard and love here on the Classic Metal Show. Mr. Gus G. Gus, how are you, sir?
1: Oh wow, thank you. Thank you for the amazing spectacular intro. <laughs> I'm fine. How are you?
0: Good. Well, Gus, I have to say, man, you are you are one of the favorites here on the show. Not only for Firewind, but because we play pretty much every band that you've ever played in, whether it was Dream Evil or your solo stuff or Ozzy. I mean, seems like every fourth or fifth song we come across and play is a Gus G song. So, oh, that, that
1: and that's why I was wondering why all these royalties are coming in from uh, from my from America lately. Yeah.
0: That's what it is. Yeah,
1: well, thank that, you, thank you for the support, man. Thanks.
0: That quarter you get every month is from us. <laughs> Oh man. Well, thank you. Sure. Well, Gus, it's always exciting when there's new Firewind. Um, and it seems like as, as a regular question in any Firewind interview from from album to album, it always starts with new album, new vocalist. And you know, w- yep. once again you have a you have a new vocalist. So why don't we start there? You know, talk talk a little bit about why Henning left and why um and how Herbie came into the band. Yeah, sure. Um
1: well, it's not like I I, I want to change the singers every time. Uh, but unfortunately, that seems to be the case with us a lot the last few years. Um, anyways, you know, it was be- before something like that happens. There's a series of things that pile up, obviously. You know, sure. it's not like something it's not a decision that somebody takes overnight. Like, OK, this, you know, this is going to change. But, um, um, you know, there were some things that you know we needed to sort out i think henning had a small health uh, issue as well that he needed to you know take care of himself he wasn't sure if he could continue touring at this level and you know mm-hmm. i expressed my my um you know my uh the, the I, I expressed to the band that basically i i wanted to you know start touring even more okay. and uh you know so you know that's when a lot of things started like we started having all these discussions you know like um I knew that Bob didn't want to tour as much anymore. He uh, he basically hated airplanes and air, uh, airports, so he just right. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to he wanted to build a studio back home. And with Henning, you know, like I said, he has he had a little bit of a health issue going on, and uh, so he was not sure. Anyways, with all these things coming into play, there was a delay with finalizing the album. So at some point, I I sort of had to call call the shots and be like, okay. Well, you know, this either is not going to go much forward pretty much or I need to do what's necessary to, to do and uh, to, to um, yeah, to, to continue the band one way or another. And, um, yeah, it, was, it just came down to this, man. It's like I wasn't ready to, to give it up, you know, and uh, sure. I just had to find a, a new singer and basically start over again. Uh, as a four-piece. Uh, so it's like it's like a reintroduction of the band, if you like, this time. So sure. it's pretty. it was a pretty major lineup change.
0: Yeah, it, it was, and at the same time, it adds new dimension. You know, um, Herbie's voice has a very different quality than I think anybody that has been in Firewind has had before. He's got a much more, I don't want to say growly, because that's the wrong, that's not the right term, but he, he's got like a grit to his voice where you've had, primarily clean singers for, for most of the other Firewind records.
1: Yeah. Probably with the exception of the first two where I think Herbie sort of resembles of Steven Frederick on the first two records. Okay. Um, and that's what I really loved about his voice right away. Like he, he reminded me of Steven Frederick a lot. Of course he has his own style, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's a, a copycat of Steven, but it was like in that style, I was like, wow, this this, and this is what is like one of my favorite eras of the band you know the first two records sure. and I was like wow this would be really really cool to have a guy like this and and I knew he could sing the back catalog great you know he could he could sing all the other stuff that you know the other guys have done um, and yeah I think I I definitely think he uh, he's probably one of the best singers that has this band has ever had and I think he definitely brings new things to the table you know. Uh, There's a little bit of that resemblance of the old, but also brings things to fresh things to the table that could take us to the next level.
0: Sure. And and there are a lot of elements on the on Firewind, the new album that are that Mm. are very, you know, first. It seems like it's the first time you're trying things on that you haven't done before. Uh, I'll point to the song like Overdrive, which has that real Sabbathy. Headless Cross type of a feel to it, which is sort of Correct. new for you, you know, uh, for Firewind. You know, how did that song come together and was that you, you know, actively reaching out, trying to grow as a guitar player or as a band? Um, no, I mean, first of all, you're spot on about
1: the vibe of the song. It's totally influenced from stuff like Headless Cross or Holy Diver, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just one of those ideas that I had. You know, and I, it was one of those riffs. I knew right away it's different. I knew it. I'm like, okay, this is something that if I add on the onto the album, is it's gonna be something that might make people go, oh, that well, that's different. Right. <laughs> but I thought, you know, if it's done well, it would add another dimension to to the tracklist, to to the overall sound of the band. And um, I decided to go for it. You know, I, I wanted to make this type of anthem heavy metal anthem type of track yeah so you know i I basically had the music for it and i sent it to herbie and i said what do you think of that and he just sent me the vocal lines back like a a day later and i mean it's basically the vocal line that you hear now the same melody and i'm like wow dude this fits you like a glove you know this is perfect you know and uh i knew it was like something different but equally cool and um yeah i would have added a, a a new yeah, like a new, cool thing to our sound palette. Absolutely.
0: Now, now, Gus, I, I know a million and one guitar players, and every single one of you guys has a notebook or a hard drive or a phone or something that is full of riffs that you that you do all over the place. Whether you're on a plane in a in a bus, uh, in a room, whatever. It seems like you guys always have this collection of riffs. For you, yeah. I, yeah I- oh, go ahead. No, so I said have, I have one of those as well. Yeah, I have <laughs> <laughs> one. You know, well, how do you make the differential, especially you, who does many different projects, how do you decide, well, I'm going to hold this for Firewind or I'm going to hold this for a solo record or I'm going to bring this to the table when I play on somebody else's record?
1: Um, yeah, you're right about that. It's uh, It's always a tough call because, you know, when you're playing heavy metal primarily that's my style it's not like I make jazz records or something I make you know primarily hard rock metal records so right. yeah, some stuff, sometimes you have to make these uh calls like okay this should be there um, for to give you an example um, I had this uh, idea the opening track welcome to the Empire that was that's like a idea that I've had for two or three years now at least I think okay at least three years and and it was originally intended to be an instrumental for one of my solo records and it was just one of those ideas where i knew it was cool enough but it, it was um it was a lot of cool guitar work on it and uh, you know intricate arrangements and a cool build-up but i felt it wasn't going anywhere as an instrumental so that's when i finally thought you know it was just laying there on my hard disc or something and eventually i thought well If we put vocals into this, if we try to put vocals, it could become a really kick-ass, firing song. So, and that's what we did, you know. And um, once the vocals came in, it became this, you know, big epic track. And and that's when the whole inspiration hit me again, and I wrote this ending melody to it, you know. So, that's when the whole song basically was completed. So sometimes you just have to wait a little bit and see. You know, like step away from the material and then go back and listen to it maybe a couple of months later and be like, okay, maybe this is not gonna work for this album. Maybe I should keep this for firing or whatever. Or maybe, I mean, I've had, I have wrists right now here that are sitting that I know I probably will not use on any of my albums, but sure. maybe they're sitting there. Maybe I can give it to somebody else if they need that will fit their style. Sure.
0: Do you, so, do you remember them all? Cause I, I'll tell you, we do the show here every week live and I'll be honest by, we do it on Saturday and by Sunday, I don't remember what the hell I've said. So, you know, I, I don't, I can't <laughs> imagine how you can write something three years ago and it, and it might be 10 seconds of riff, but it's just something that, you know, felt good for a moment. I don't know how you guys keep track of that stuff.
1: No, of course I don't remember. That's why I I record it all all the time. This is my my approach to writing. I, okay. I just when I have an idea and a riff, either I'll record it on my on my phone or, you know, if I'm at home uh, and, uh like this will be if I'm at hotel, but if I'm at home, I'll just, you know, fire up the pro tools real quick and I'll just, you know, open a session and just record the riff and leave it there and maybe have some time, maybe I'll do like a basic drum beat and then just leave it there. And sometimes, you know, some songs are easier to write than others. Sometimes a whole song can come to you like in within 10, 15 minutes. Right. And then there's songs that it takes three years to complete just because you had that riff and then you are looking for the other part of the song to complete that might come like <laughs> a year or two later or a few months later. Um, so of course you can, I cannot remember it all, but I, that's why I keep a folder of all these riffs and uh, unused ideas and eventually that you know i have to say this also helps me pick a direction every time i start up an album like i'll go in that folder and be like okay so what do we have here and and like listen through all those riffs again and be like oh this is pretty cool i did this you know last new year's eve or something and i I forgot about it but this you know maybe i can work on this now and that helps me write a, a lot of a lot of material and uh and as opposed to sort of you know, struggling to finish a record, like in two weeks, okay, we got two weeks, let's write 11 songs. I mean,
0: right. I
1: used to do that 15 years ago, but I, I can't do that anymore. It just does. It doesn't feel natural. you know.
0: Sure. Is it, is part of the reason that, that you've grown away from that, the fact that you play in so many different things you know, be where where you can't focus necessarily on one thing for an extended period of time or for for,
1: for two Well weeks. I did this in my in my I did this in my early twenties, obviously. I was like in four bands at the same time. And you True. know, when you're in your early twenties, your blood is boiling and you want right. instant recognition and you're impatient and all that. But I think around the time when I was twenty five, twenty six I realized, well, I should focus in this band and um and you know, it's good it's good to get to, to get um all these um, experiences and write with other people and play with other people that's very important you know it's it's a a school but um, but at the same time you're like okay well I gotta focus in my band otherwise there's like nothing really gonna happen with it and you know that's what I did back in 2006 when I focused on fireman and that's when things really started happening with this band and we were able to go out and do like all these world tours and um, I mean you know (laughs) <laughs> throughout my career, I've, I've been getting calls from bands, to, you know, to, to join the, the whole time. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, getting a call from Ozzy, it's not something you say no to, you know? Sure. So, so of course that's, that changes everything in your life, but, but, you know, getting out of that, of course I did what I did before, you know, I went back to my own band.
0: Right. Do you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious now that you've had time to look back at the, at the time with Ozzy and certainly you made a great record with Ozzy and, and obviously it took your personal profile way, way higher, you know, to yep. another level. But now that you've had time to look back at it, do you, I don't want to say, do you wish you hadn't done it? Cause that's a silly question, but do you feel <laughs> like, do you feel like maybe it did kind of derail Firewind's career? A little bit because Firewind, as I remember it in two thousand eight nine, was a band that was very clearly on the rise. And then you were in Ozzy, and it stopped for a while, you know. And it almost feels like you're having to almost rebuild a little bit, and you've had to have been for the last few years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I definitely don't think Aussie, the Ozzy gig, is to blame for that. I mean, okay. did we miss on a? On a cool, uh, on on a couple of cool uh, tour opportunities, yeah, we did back then. But you know, I was on that massive world tour with him, and and honestly, in in respect, like it, you know, looking at the big picture, it opened other doors for us that you know we were able to go out and do other things later on. Sure. So it, no, I don't think so. Like a, you know, taking a year and a half, you know, off from touring. I don't think that's what killed the momentum. I think the fact that, you know, the singer left after we did two albums that didn't really I think they were like we kinda like did it under pressure, you know, we were like caught in that kind of thing. Album tour, album tour and right. you know. So I, I, th- I think we did two albums that didn't really resonate as much. They had really cool moments, but they were not like our best efforts. And then the singer left and then that really hurt the band, I think. Um sure. So after that you know as you know the band went on hiatus for 4 years mm-hmm. and you know lo- looking back at that I mean while it was something that I really needed to do to to figure it all out that's why I went on a solo path I mean I think that was a that was a major mistake you know that the fact that we were not consistent those 5 years you know I think that's where we lost a lot of ground as a band um cuz you know how it is like you know this mm-hmm. this, this the, the the music scene moves very fast people forget really easily sure. So, you know, when we did the Immortals record like three years ago, it almost started like as an experiment. We're like, okay, let's do this with a new singer. And then um, we felt we had a really strong record. We're like, well, let's see if anybody still cares out there, if there's still a fan base left. But, you know, to our surprise, there was. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we were able to go out on like, you know, a two-year tour and things were great again. And um, and, and then again, it, they weren't.
0: <laughs> yeah, Right. Well, for, for you personally, though, it cannot suck to be listed in that same list with Zach and Randy Rhodes and Jakey Lee. Uh, you know, I mean, that's an elite group of players that, you're, that your name is in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, uh, like I said before, it has only done great things for us. You know, there were other factors that sort of stopped firing, you know, from the rise, you know, not sure. definitely not the Aussie gig, if, if anything that definitely helped the situation
0: sure definitely well with firewind and you have this great new record simply called firewind or release i guess there are no records anymore but um the one thing that really jumps out at me from every other firewind release is how big and great the sound is uh tobias lindell worked with you guys on this and man what a great sound he captured it's just big
1: he did yeah he gave us a really big fat mix. And I, I love it. That's the way this album should have sounded like. And, um, I think he's, yeah, he's responsible for this sort of fresh sound that we have right now. So it's really cool.
0: Sure. Well, um, the one song that, that really stood out to me is the song that we opened with cause it's just fast and furious. And it's some of your best guitar work, the song rising fire, Talk talk a little bit about that song, um, Gus. Because man, what a what an ass kicker that one is.
1: Oh, oh, well, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I, I thought it was it was originally scheduled to be the second single, but then I I changed my mind and on the way because I thought, well, this could be the opening single, the first track we go out with. Because first of all, it's heavy as fuck. It's groovy. It's you know has a big chorus, a lot of melody. Um, and it's a good way. It's it's a short song, like under three and a half minutes. Right. So it really, like, it leaves you wanting more. And you know, it's a headbanger. You know, so um, I mean, lyrically, it's a song about overcoming difficulties, basically, and sort of like rising through all that and moving on. So um, yeah, it's 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 a song of uh, of positivity. You know, that uh, and 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 it's a, it's a what I call a high octane type of heavy metal track.
0: Absolutely. Well we certainly need positivity right now, obviously we're all we're all kind of locked at home just kind of waiting for things yeah. to to clear and and you know obviously as of yesterday, you guys have a lot more time to sit home. Uh, can you even look forward to what's next or or do you just have to kind of sit back and wait and see how things play out before before making any future plans?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the way to do this now. We have to wait and see. Um, in the beginning i panicked a little bit i'm like oh well you know this whole year is done you know probably not gonna Mm -hmm. tour and who knows what happens next year and but i mean there's not much you can do it's not like it's affecting only our band it's affecting the whole music industry so um you know safety first i mean we have to you know it's for us in order for us to do a world tour or any gigs basically the world needs to be safe before right. <laughs> anybody can really go out there and, and, you know, have another public gathering. So, um, so that's where we're at now, man. I'm just, I'm just sort of like laying low, waiting to see, you know, just an, enjoying the, at the moment, talking to people about the new record, and sure. then I think when when it's it's a safe place again out there, we will go out there and promote this record and, and, and play play those new songs.
0: Sure. Do you think it'll change how you? interact with fans or, you know, your willingness to get on planes or, or any of that stuff? Or do you think, do you think it'll just go back to normal? Mm, no, I think I, I,
1: I don't, I've always like, to me, this was always like my life. That's how I did it. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I enjoyed traveling and I enjoyed, uh, you know, sometimes you, the, the conditions are are scary, you know? Right. <laughs> but, sure. uh, I, I, I don't think anybody will get on a plane and go anywhere unless, you know, this thing is really gone. So, yeah. So uh, I I think we will, we will do this again when it's, when it's safe again, but I don't, once it is safe and you know, the virus is gone, I think to me, it's not going to change the way I feel about going in a plane or in another country. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Well, for now, um, Gus, what people should do is listen to the new Firewind release. It's, uh, it's, it's released what may 15th. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, May 15th.
0: May 15th, it is a killer record. If you like metal, there's no way you cannot like this release. It is fantastic. It is Firewind, it's self-titled. And Gus, um, why don't you pick a closing track from the album and maybe tell us a quick story about it to wrap up the interview? Hmm. Um,
1: okay. Okay. Um maybe listen to uh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Yeah, let's listen to the opening track, um, Welcome to the Empire. That's uh, one of my favorite tracks on the record. And um, yeah, I think it's a a record that kind of like sums up all the um, dynamics of this album because it has like this acoustic intro and builds up into this, you know, heavy thing, almost trashy thing and then a big chorus. So yeah, yeah, like I said, it's a really cool, uh, I mean, guitar wise, it's it's one of the really cool moments on the record. So... um, it's one of my favorites, what can I say? Yeah, okay. so let's
0: listen to that. All right, well, let's check it out now. It is Welcome to the Empire. It is Firewind right here on your classic metal show.